Awesome. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Want to be a time when all the saints of God gather over there and not. We don't want to delay anything, just have Brother Tim Burdett to come and preach. So appreciate our brother coming. I was supposed to be in Phoenix this weekend, but I passed a couple of kidney stones on Thursday. Erica had a couple of bad days, so I decided not to go. I just thought I'd stay here, and I opened the door while I go, and uh, you ought to see the look on his face. <laughs> I told him before I walked out, I said, I'm so glad you came, but I'm so glad you didn't leave. <laughs> God bless you, Brother Tim. Appreciate you, brother. Praise the Lord. Amen. I was hunting another door. <laughs> he was standing in that, and so I couldn't get through that one. I said, there's two times he's done dead me this way. But I know it wasn't on a purpose. But it's so good to be here today. It's so good to see Brother Donnie here, be honest with you. I never get to see him. So it is good to see him, but I do wish he was standing here instead of me. But man, wasn't that good singing? Amen. Wow. <laughs> they laid the groundwork for me, so... Should be pretty easy. I just have to be, I have to be on my best behavior today since the man's here. <laughs> but I'll be preaching on the power of sound part two. I don't never get a part two anywhere, but I'm getting a part two today, Brother Joel. <laughs> but it is good to be here, and I won't, I won't sing those songs today, and uh, we'll get right into it. But ain't God good to us today? Ain't he wonderful to us today? We appreciate it. I enjoyed that singing. enjoyed the, the singing of the, the first song. Man, that was some good singing. I like that. I don't need to sing behind that anyway. Wow, that's good. Mm. Let me read you this, and then we'll go to Genesis 1. Gabriel's instructions to Daniel, the prophet of God, said, I like to worship, don't you? We don't come to church just to hear a sermon that goes with it, but we come to church to worship. Worship in the spirit and in the truth. You've heard the truth. That's the word. Now it's time to express yourself to him. Amen. Wow. Ain't that good? That's just wonderful, ain't it? If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Genesis. I'm sorry. I'm going to go to Genesis in just a few minutes. But first, turn with me to Deuteronomy 4.36. And uh, we'll start from there <clears throat> to read a scripture. And then I'm, I've added this into the last time I was here on the power of sound. It's such a, to me, the power of sound is an importance to God. I know a lot of times we don't like the sound and things. And I understand it goes both ways. But there's something to it to God. It, it has something within our lives that brings us into a place with him. In Deuteronomy 4, 36, he says, out of heaven, he made thee to hear his voice that he might instruct thee. And upon earth he showed thee his great fire and thou heardest his words 
out of the midst of the fire. May the Lord add his blessings to the reading of the word. Do you love him today? Amen. Give Jesus a good hand clap of praise, would you? Amen. You can be seated. God bless you. Once again, thank you for allowing me to be here today and to be able to fellowship and worship with you. We pray something will be said that will be beneficial for you and that would help you in any way. But if you look at the word, the power of sound, and I'll be honest with you, this is pretty much where I left off the last service I was here. Sound is used in many, many scriptures within the Bible. Uh, it's a powerful thing. And I used it when I preached here, I think it was October or November, somewhere in that vicinity. I kind of laid some groundwork for sound and I used the mind, how we got to get our thoughts and our thinkings and everything in order like it. It's used in the Bible. The word sound is like 145 times. Some of it speaks of a sound mind and different things such as that. But a lot of it has to deal with sound itself. We watched Jericho just to go through a brief, a couple of them before I hit my main Subject there, speaking of Jericho, sound was what was used in order to cause the fall of Jericho. And God uses things such as this right here. And as it was used there, we find there that in Leviticus it speaks of sound. And God's uh, speaking here in Leviticus, it was just so powerful. He said he would actually run the enemy off or have them to flee by the sound of a shaken leaf that he would place so much fear in them. Sound has a great deal within the scriptures, and I want you to think of that. Just the sound of a shaken leaf, the Bible says they would flee. Wouldn't that be the same today for our enemy? If we would be the same as God is, wants us to be or as God has ordained us to be? God uses sound, and there Samuel speaks of a, a sound going over the mulberry trees. We've heard the song and sung the song many times. Excuse me, where, where David actually smoked the Philistines. Samuel speaks again of the ark coming back in of the sound of the trumpet. And the Bible says they were shouting and praising. Matthew speaks of a sound there and he shall send his angels with great sound to gather his elect. Romans 10 says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. It deals with sound. Paul tells us there in the scriptures Brother Brown preached the one of the great messages, the uncertain sound. He said, if we don't have the right sound, then we don't know what to do, which way to go, which way to flee. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, the Bible says in Revelation 10, 7, that when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished as he hath declared to his servants, the prophets. May the Lord add his blessings to the word. And as our brothers already said, we know the word is anointed, but we now need to be anointed in our ears. Can you say amen? There's different kind of sounds that is made. They've actually found out recently, and they probably knew it a lot quicker than I would actually knew it, but the sound actually can hear, heal cancer waves. They use the 11th harmonic sound and it's been proven that it heals cancer, the things that causes that. So we find out they also believe that humming, as you just hum, actually heals the body. So we should go around humming Amen. quite a bit. It's, it's proven facts that humming actually heals. So that's a good thing, right? 
Now, if we watch how this sound, they have clocks, they have door locks, they have all kind of things now that work off of sound. That you speak to the clock because it goes by your voice or the sound that you speak, tells it when to set the, the alarm, tells it when to go off, it tells it what time, all this is set the time by the sound of your voice. You can go up to certain door locks and certain things such as that, speak to the door, it goes by the sound in a lock or to unlock. There's so many things that are being used in the day's times for sound. Now God had this figured out many years ago, of course. It's always been with God. God likes sound. If God never spoke in Genesis, let there be, then there wouldn't even been no need for no sound because there wouldn't been nothing to begin with. But God, by the use of him saying, let there be, then the sound came from God, that voice began to speak. Brother Bam said it might have been years and years and years before it actually come to pass, but he believed what he said and it worked. It's the same thing today, can you say amen? Now notice, all of that works by your voice. A voice, God wants the sound to come from his children. He wants the sound to come from the voice, which is the body of Jesus Christ. The very thing that's taking place today, and then I'm gonna jump to this now, is that the government, and I don't preach on politics and the government things in the pulpit. I, don't, I just don't see the use in that. That's just my personal opinion. But I wanna, wanna share something with you. What are they actually trying to do today is stop the sound of the people. If they can stop the voice or the sound of the people, then they are able to twist you and twist you this way and turn you this way, and then nothing, nothing will be able to work in your defense. But notice this, look at the evil that is sounded out today. The very thing God's trying to get you to do is sound off. They're trying to stop the very thing that God's trying to do. So they are very, very powerful in the, the very thing of sound. Now notice this right here. The first thing that the enemy wants to do is stop your sound. If he can get you to be quiet, then if he can get you to be in that spot, then he can bring a depression or an oppression that will cause further and further and further and further. Then it becomes a, uh, just a thing of dominoes and it just stacks up on your life. So he's trying to bring all of that to you by stopping your sound. If he can get you isolated to yourself, and that's a very bad thing in the ranks of the message. Well, I'll just go to church and I'll sit there when I get out, I'll just get in my car and go home. I won't fellowship with this one, I won't do this. Do you realize when you do that, that you're actually stopping yourself from the sound? Because God wants you to fellowship with his body. It all plays a part. But notice this, so he'll get you to isolate yourself. If he can get you to do that, he'll bring a disappointment in your life. Then he'll get you down enough that then what has he done? He's won. Then you make no sounds, you're quiet, and all these things happen. That's what's happened to the church. I don't understand how the church can be the most powerful thing, the body of Jesus Christ, but yet the quietest person. I don't understand that. Is there anybody here that can help me understand that? I'm not talking about a bunch of racket. I'm not talking about a, just a bunch of nonsense, a bunch of, I'm talking about true worship, true sound that comes from God, that comes from the heart of the believer. That's what I'm talking about. I know people say, well, God said make a joyful noise. And a lot of times that's what it is. I'm not talking about a noise. I'm talking about something from the believer. Amen. 
when God spoke, it meant something. When God sounded off, it meant something. There was power when he spoke. Then that same power is in the bride according to the Bible and according to the prophet of God. Is that right? So we can't allow as the church of the living God for this to happen. Now notice this, power comes with sound. Would you agree? I think I spoke and stopped here at the last time that when you hear a train, there's a sound that comes with it. It's one of the most powerful things. The jet comes by, the jet's gone, but you just get in the sound. So there's power that comes with all these great sounds that we hear, you understand? I've been to drag strips. I'm sure y'all been to that. I used to try to fix up, and I love 69 Camaros, so I'd go to the drag strips. They'd have Chevy, Super Chevy, Chevy shows up here at Bristol, and I'd come to them a couple times a year into Atlanta to try to buy parts and things to fix the 69 Camaro because I'm a, I'm a 69 Camaro freak. I love a 69, best car ever made. <laughs> but it's actually the same thing with the church. When the anointed body and the spirit of God comes upon that anointed body to speak, something comes from her that brings a sound that God enjoys. Not rackets, not noise, but a sound that he enjoys. We're speaking of two different categories, one with power and sound, one with neither one. Two different types of Christians, if I could say it that way. Well, Brother Tim, you know, I'm not made up that way. Well, why? Why? God is. Now I know everybody's on a different level. I'm not saying we all should, I'm not saying everybody's gonna be loud like me. Everybody ain't gonna jump, shout, scream, sweat, and all that like me. God don't want you to be Tim Burdett. He don't want you to be a brother Donnie. He don't want you to be this one. He wants you to be you. But if you are you, you're supposed to be like God. Let me make this statement, watch this. Sound precedes manifestation. Sound, listen to that very carefully. Sound precedes manifestation. You understand? When Elijah was back there and the Bible tells us what happened there and the heavens were shut up for three and a half years and then Israel repented and Elijah began to pray according to the Bible, is that right? He prayed, I think it was in the scripture six times, but yes, nothing happened, so he didn't stop. The Bible tells us he prayed again. Something began to happen, and the Bible tells us the same time that he prays again, and then he tells the Gehazi to go up and look, and he comes back down, and he says, I see a cloud the size of a man's hand, and he said, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. We should be able to hear the sound of abundance of rain that the Holy Ghost can come down and fall upon each one of us. That's what we should be listening for. Now, Brother Brown sat there in the heathen line, and here's the very quote that I'll stop with in the service because I wanted to make sure I didn't preach the same thing twice. But I wanted to lay the background so you'd get where I'm coming from. He said, I hear the sound of healing. Brother Donnie, this is so powerful. He said, the power of the Holy Ghost is here to cheer you on. He said, if you can feel the cloud, the sight, feel the cloud. This is your prophet. That's right. He said, if you can feel the cloud the size of a man's hand, scream and holler. Now I know Brother Brown just didn't say that. That doesn't sound like my prophet. That's what a lot of us would say. 
He said, if you can feel the cloud the size of a man's hand, scream and holler. He says, why? That's the sound with power. Notice, he said, and if you notice, Brother Brown makes a statement, this was the quietest place you ever be. I understand why he made that now. Brother Brown said in the message, he said, when the Pentecostal people went up to the Pentecost, they were just men when they went up there. But all of a sudden, while they were there, they were scared. He said they had windows closed, doors closed. They were afraid of persecution. They were good church members up to this time. Mm. They've been baptized in water up to this time, but they didn't have the hidden power. They didn't have that certainty. One of them said, if thou, he said, let me put thy hands, my hands in thy side. Let me put my fingers in the prints of the nails in your hand. Another one said, one, uh, another one said to the woman, oh, it's foolish. You didn't see nothing. And he's just quoting some, saying some things, how people are. He said, but when they climbed them steps down and went upstairs, all of a sudden there came a sound from heaven. The word sound there means a voice. Something happened, raging seas. If you look up the word sound, it has a couple of different meanings. One of them is the sound of a raging sea. It's always about water. Notice this. He says, it came into them. Afterwards, they were out in the streets rejoicing, rejoicing, praising God, preaching the gospel, glorifying God. Why? They had hidden powers they didn't know. But it took something to get it out of them. So it's in me, it's in you, but we need something to get it out. The rapture's in me, the rapture's in you. Everything you need is in you according to him. We've got to find something to get it out and it's the word. Remember the Bible says the trump of God shall sound and the dead in Christ shall rise. Watch now, I want you to listen carefully to this. When you have to have a sound first, before manifestation. There's many times that you have manifestation, then the sound. So sometimes it's the sound and then manifestation. There's times where God wants you to worship him when it looks hopeless. It looks like there's no use. Why should I worship a God like this that's allowing this to happen? Why would I worship a God that allowed this to come and this to come and this to come? Well, that's the way God does sometimes. But there's other times that's totally different from that. But I want you to know God loves for his body to sound off with praise. He loves his bride to sound off. When it looks like he can't move, but at the sound of his name, something begins to happen. Now I know this is a little Pentecostal this morning, but it's all right. Y'all be okay, just hold on. When does he move? When the sound. But there's time he moves before the, after the sound and before the sound. It's the way God does. He don't have to ask me, can he do it either way? It's his business. So you watch the scriptures there, then I'm gonna get into a scripture in Genesis there. When Jehoshaphat, the Bible says there was a sound of praise that went out and then God threw the enemy in confusion. Listen to the scripture. When Jehoshaphat was there, there was a sound of praise that went out. Then God threw the enemy in confusion. So they didn't praise God after the enemy was confused. They sounded off before the enemy was confused. A lot of times we love praising God after we got out of church. 
But a lot of times we don't want to praise God when we're sitting in church and it don't look like nothing's happening. Well, you know, well, why should it just, it's just a dead Sunday morning. No, it ain't dead for the body. It may be dead in denominationalism, but not the body. It may be dead in most message church, but not the body. So they prayed, notice they didn't praise God after the enemy was confused. They sounded off for praise, then God moved. Oh my. The walls of Jericho didn't fall before the sound. They had to shout before the walls fell. They shouted while the walls were still falling. Just giving you a couple examples. Look at Ezekiel. The Bible talks about the bones didn't come together. And when Ezekiel started, notice he said, let this come in Ezekiel 34, I think it is. And he started talking to bringing the, the bones back together. God told him in the scriptures to speak, just speak. And there came a sound from heaven like a mighty rushing wind. Something began to happen. Listen, friends, when the body of Christ begins to sound in the right order, something's got to happen. Something's got to move. God is not dead. If he's not moving, it's my fault. It's your fault. It's not God. Now, notice. There came a sound from heaven as a mighty dust rushing wind. Now that's not the Bible's words, that's Timberhead's words. But I look a little deeper into the scripture. But notice, that's the very thing the church needs today is more sound. Now I know a lot of message church don't like sound. If you're one of them, just sit quietly. It's okay. A lot of churches don't like sound. Oh, Brother Harry's too loud. I watch that little red thing, I know what that is. I have the same problem. Oh, Brother Larry, he's just too, he tickles in things too. That well, the drums are just so loud. You wouldn't want me to play any of this stuff. That thing wouldn't read about what, it reads at 107, 110, 100, I seen it get up to 116. That thing would be hitting 200. <laughs> but notice this, friends. This is, I'm getting into something. And I want to really get this because I got to finish today. I don't want to make this a part three. What the church needs is the sound back. You are in charge of how much God you experience. You cannot come to church and say, boy, I sure hope we have a good service. I sure hope God comes down today and has a good service. First of all, God's never had a bad service. God don't have bad services. So whether we get a good service or a good service is not based upon God. It's based upon me and you. You got that? It's not, not based upon Brother Donnie alone. It's based upon the people. That's why I said they paved the way to be able to, anybody can preach up here today. But watch this. It's based on me. God don't have down days. Notice the scripture there in Psalms who said God inhabits the praise of his people. So where does God live? Now I'm getting into something. Listen very carefully. He lives in the praise. You say, I still don't understand what this got to do with the sound. 
You will before I close. He dwells in our lives in our praise. Now, as I said, I know worship and praise don't mean a lot to a lot of message folks today, but it's a very important thing for God. If we're not singing or preaching, then there's no sound. If Brother Donnie don't stand on this pulpit and put a mic on, then there's no sound, then you don't get the word. Hearing, notice, faith cometh by hearing. What? It's gotta be a sound. If brother, if, if brother Harry don't turn that thing on, it ain't worth five cents. They don't turn that on, it ain't worth a nickel. I have uh, rolling, I have in my church, uh, my church is a lot smaller, of course. So if you played the drums like this brother plays these drums, then you'd blow my back doors out. <laughs> so I had a bad problem with Tony playing the drums. So I had to go spend $7,000 we did to get a set of rollings, some of the best rollings you can get. But now he gets up and says, well, I can't hear you. Well, if you hadn't a fuss for 20 years, we'd have the other ones. Every service, Tony's too loud, it hurts my ears. So I put a $7,000 set of drums in, a Rollins that you gotta have, it comes through the main speakers and at home we wear all ear monitors to preach, sing and all of our music comes through this because I got tired of everybody fussing. They said, we can't hear, I don't care. You fussed for 20 years, it was too loud, now it's only loud to me. So I took all these monitors, you see, I took them out of my church and I took the mains from right here and put them on the back wall. And I even opened the back wall of my church up. Brother Donnie, you know how it used to be? I opened it up and made it round pretty much back there. I put the speakers as far back as I could get them. I was gonna put them in the other man's yard if he'd have let me. <laughs> and now they say, I can't hear nothing. <laughs> Proves you can't make people happy, ain't it? <laughs> but God inhabits the praise of his people. So where does he live? In the praise. If he inhabits the praise of the people, he lives in the praise. So how much, listen to this, how much square footage, <laughs> oh my, how much square footage does God have in your life? <laughs> Is your square footage four by four? <laughs> Is your square footage three by three? So how much, if God lives, that's where he dwells. We overlook that scripture so much. How much square footage does he have in your life? In your praise, how much? Because he lives in the praises of his people. Now listen. As I said, now listen carefully. I'm not talking about just noise. I'm talking about something that God is actually doing and moving. Now watch the sound as once it begins to take place. If you ever seen, if you ever seen a movie before, and that, like y'all ain't never seen a movie, I know you have. You're lying. Amen. You go to Walmart and Kmart. You got a telephone. The sound in a movie goes up and down, tells you what's going to happen. That's right. It tells you what's, what's fixing to take place. So sound actually plays a very big part in our everyday lives. The Bible says David played for Saul and the sound come forth and it ran evil spirits off. 
man, I need to tote a drum and a cymbal on my back. <laughs> Guitar in one hand. <laughs> I actually seen a picture the other day, somebody come out with a set of drums. I thought about trying to find it. It's a set of drums that goes on the floor, a real set of drums. And you play them with your feet. So if you can dance pretty good, you can do pretty good and you play the guitar and play the drums at the same time. So Dave, the Bible says David danced and shouted by the sound of the trumpet. The Bible says all the house of Israel shouted by the sound of the trumpet. So what sound are we making for our Lord? When the Indians would get ready to go on war or celebrate, they would make certain sounds. They had a sound for war. They had a sound for victory. They had sounds for whatever they needed to do so the other people would know what's transpiring and taking place. So sound is very important to the church. That's why I can never, ever, ever, ever be a church of Christ. Nothing against those people. Nothing, but I like sound. Now let me tie this with Genesis as we started a couple months ago and then today. In Genesis 1, listen carefully now, this is where I really want to get. In Genesis 1, remember we started in Genesis 1, 3, God said, let there be light. And God saw that the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from darkness. God called the dry land earth, gathering together the waters called his seas, and God saw that it was good. Listen carefully, don't miss this. And the earth brought forth grass, yielding seed after its kind, and the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after its kind, and God saw that it was good. God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also, and he set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light upon the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, to divide the light from the darkness. God saw that it was good. God created great whales and every living creature that moveth upon the waters, brought forth abundantly after their kind, and every winged fowl after its kind, and God saw that it was good. And God made the beast of the earth after its kind, the cattle after its kind, and everything that creeps upon the earth after its kind. And God saw that it was good. Hmm. Genesis 1, 6. And God said, let the firmament be in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. Verse 7 says, and God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. Why didn't he say it was good? There's a specific reason. And this is what I studied out and looked at and thought it was kindly, kindly interesting. He creates, the Bible says he creates the firmament, but it wasn't good. Everything he made and created prior of that, he said it was good. It was good. It was good. But now he doesn't say that. He said it was so. Then we know that the Bible tells us, and we know the history and the scriptures, and Brother Brown broke it down for us in the Bible, how that Satan and his angels were cast out, and Satan took a third there. I think it was with him. They were cast. But notice, they wasn't, they was not cast in hell. Notice in Revelation 19.20, the Bible says that hell was reserved for Satan 
But notice when he was cast out, he had to go somewhere. This is why the we have such a battle within our thought process and the thought process constantly every day over the process of what we think, our minds. That was the first part that I was taking a couple of months ago. The word permanent in the Old Testament there and the Greek word in the New Testament there means air. It's actually the same word. And the Bible actually clearly defines that Satan is the prince of the air. So God knew in the foreknowledge, brother, that the enemy Satan would rebel and take the angels with him. Is that true? So God refuses to bless it. He refuses. Why? God already knew what was going to take place. He already knew that this is good, this is good, and all this is good. But I'm not going to say this is good. I know what's happening. I know he's going to be cast out. I know he's not. I know that hell is for Satan and his subjects. It was created for that. But at this time, he's not going to go there. So I've got to place him somewhere. So he's going to come from that down to the Garden of Eden. So he's got to go somewhere. So he's in the air. If he's the prince of the air, so firmament and air is the same word from the Old, New Te Old Testament and the New Testament. So God knew in the few, in the new, his foreknowledge, he automatically knew this, that the enemy Satan would rebel and he'd take these angels with him. So God refuses to say it is good. Now we have the problem where we battle in our minds, our thoughts constantly every day of our lives. There's three heavens. First one is the atmosphere, which is about two feet above our heads. Second one is where, or the third one there is where God dwells, we know. Then one between called the heavenlies. It's three heavens. Three, if we could say it that way, or the atmospheres of how you want to say it, I call it the word heaven. Now listen, here's the whole dilemma the disciples asked Jesus one time, Lord, teach us to pray. And Jesus said, I want you to pray like this. Now, I'm, a, I'm placing my words. I'm not saying Jesus is prayer. But this is what Jesus was actually saying. Pray that my kingdom will come and my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So pray like this, he says. The light that is in the third heaven will manifest in the first heaven. Amen. Amen. But we have a dilemma. In order to get that from the third heaven to the first heaven, we got to go through the second heaven. This is where sound comes in very powerful. I guarantee you. You let Brother Donnie stand behind this pulpit and never turn an instrument on, never turn the microphone on, you can't hear nothing he says hardly. You'll get bits and pieces. You never say an amen. You'll go home as dry as dry ice. You'll go home as dry as you can be. Turn all this off. Tell Brother Donnie, turn his mic off. Y'all don't really do this. I'm just giving you an example. Because if you did that in my church, I probably would never go back. I told my church, I am not going to pastor and sing and preach in a dead church. Ain't going to do it. You got to help me. So he says, I want you to pray that my kingdom will come and my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Is that scripture? 
So I want you to pray like this, that the life is in the third heaven will manifest in the first heaven. So the problem is, it must pass through the firmament in order to get through to the place that we are. Oh, that's the battle. This is why every bit of this actually deals with sound. So whatever you bind on earth, I'll bind in heaven. Whatever you lose in earth, I'll lose in heaven. All of this works off of sound. We don't realize how powerful sound is in our everyday lives. In other words, if you unlock it, I'll unlock it. That's what Jesus tells us. If you unlock it, I'll unlock it. If you bind it, I'll bind it. But he don't want you to sit there and say, God don't want you to do that. God made you the way he did for a purpose, for a reason. If you close heaven, then I'll close it. So where did he lay it? In you, in the people. Now, don't you just understand this right here? Now, listen, care before you throw a rock or throw me out the back door, just let me finish today. Jesus, and I'm going to say it in terms that we message people ain't used to saying and hearing things such as this, but Jesus is not a religious figure. That's right. Now we made him that. We made Jesus a religious figure. That's why the denominational world has did that. And the message churches has adopted that. Oh, he's just a, he's a religious figure. No, he's not. He's God. God don't want to be a religious figure. Just a picture hanging on my wall in my house. That's where we've messed up. We put a picture and think we're a Christian. Boy, I really believe the message. I got five pictures of Brother Branham in my house. Good for you. We make Jesus a religious figure. He is not. That's right. But listen now, here's the statement I'm going to make. He's actually a political figure. Now I know that blows your mind. Now let me get to where I'm going. You'll know why I said that. And the reason I make that statement, just, just, just hear me out just for a few seconds. The Bible speaks of a kingdom coming. When you speak of a kingdom, it's a political figure. So when Jesus came and he lets us know there was a kingdom coming, is that right? He tells us over and over and over there's a kingdom coming. So when a king speaks to his kingdom, he wants to extend his rulership. So he wants to extend his rule out of heaven to the earth. <laughs> now watch this. In this kingdom, it has accesses. In this kingdom, it has keys. He tells Peter one time, I give you the keys to the kingdom. 
so it must have doors. It must be able to be locked and it must be able to be unlocked. Can you imagine Peter and him in Acts 2 if that sound hadn't came? And the Bible says they was there for 10 days and I imagine they was probably getting all tore up because nothing hadn't happened. I wonder what we'd have to do if we had to wait it in Happy Valley for 10 days. I'm serious, church. These people had things to do. These people had jobs for that hour. These people, they just didn't sit around twiddling their thumbs. For 10 days, 120 people stood there and kneeled and prayed and talked. Whatever they did, they was there for 10 days. Not one of them got mad and left. Not one of them said, if something don't happen, I'm leaving. If Brother Donnie don't hurry up and close, I'm leaving and I don't know if I'm coming back. Not one of them. Ten days. They didn't go home if they had wives. They didn't go to their wives. They didn't go to their husbands. I don't know. The Bible don't clearly tell us all of that. But they were there for ten days. But something happened. Now wonder what would have happened if God had come down and it hadn't have been a sound of a rushing mighty wind. Wonder what they would have thought. I waited ten days for this. But something began to transpire. Then think of this. Jesus had done give Peter the keys to the kingdom. So Peter now has to unlock this access door that someone else could access through the, to the place or the position that he's in or the place that he's at. Into that atmosphere where he's at, he has now got to have a way to access that. You have to have a key in order to access something. Oh my. Do you realize how powerful that is? God's given us keys to the kingdom. So if we use these keys, we can live on earth, but yet access heaven. I live here. I'm not from here. This is not my final place. I have access to that, but you've got to unlock it to get there. I want that to manifest down here where I'm at. So sound proceeds. My worship, my praise, it goes forth and it proceeds. Then the manifestation comes. But then God sometimes will bring that. Then the sound goes forth. It's just ever what he wants to do. He can do that. He's God. But notice this. If we use the keys, we can live on this earth. He says, I'm, I'm telling you what I want. I'm of this kingdom. I, this is what I want on earth. I'll give you the keys to access it if you will. So it's up to you and I to open it or to close it. So now we have these three heavens. So now we have three levels of praise. I'm still in the message, friends. I don't feel like I need to read you 15 quotes. We have three heavens. Now we have three levels of praise that we need to go by. 
The Bible says we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. He has supplied all our needs according to his riches in glory. So where are they at? They're in glory. But I've got to bring them and manifest them here. So God has given me everything, but it's in heavenly places. I want you to have everything that I've got, the Lord tells us. I want you to have every blessing. I want to give you everything. So really, I don't have no needs. I just got to get them here. He's done giving them to me. The Bible said he's done supplied all of our needs. He's done supplied all of my needs. God, please, Lord, please. I'm begging you, please. He said, I didn't give it to you. You've got to access that. You cannot depend on Brother Donnie to do everything for y'all. You can't do that. My church can't depend on me to do it all for them. I cannot. I told them the other day, God didn't tell me to go home with y'all. I ain't one of these preachers that's going to visit everybody in my church week out of week to get a sermon. I ain't going to do it. God didn't tell me you need to go home with that family and get you something to preach, find out what they're doing and then preach on it. God's got enough sense. He can tell me what they're doing and I can preach on it the right way. God can tell me what every need is and not directly, but let me go that way. If you pull and you unlock that very spot, he can, you can pull it out of heaven down to the pulpit and it come forth for the needs you need today. I don't know your needs. All I know is the Bible said he's done supplied them. But here's the thing, Brother Donnie, the needs is in a different dimension. I sure do need this. God said, well, I didn't give it to you, get it. So I access that, I turn that key and unlock it and access it, Brother Joel, that God releases. All this works off of worship and praise. I know, I say it again, message churches don't like worship and praise. I'm not saying y'all personally, I'm just putting it in a whole big kaput. I've been in several, I prayed out of one service, God please let me go home. I left one one night, I had three services, I God, I can't take two more of this. I'm being honest with you. My wife was crying. She said, I'll call somebody from Anderson, South Carolina to come get us. We was about seven, eight hours from home. I said, no, I can't do that. Why? Because I'm, God made me that type of person that I love worship and praise. Amen. I, that's, that's my makeup. You can say, well, Brother Tim, you're just too Pentecostal. Okay. I don't care. I don't care. Call me anything you want to. But when he calls me, call me gone. It's in this dimension. I've got to, 
Satan battles my mind with sound of the sound of this and the sound of the wars and the sound of what Russia's doing in Ukraine and all that. And then and Satan bombards our minds with the news 24 hours a day. It didn't used to be this way. I remember when I was a young boy, man, you was lucky to get any news. But now it's in your ear 24-7. 24-7. I used to spend that when I was a little boy. I spent that with kids, with other kids, you know, and they'd have televisions and things such as that. And at 11 o'clock, when I was a kid, I wanted to watch, you know, uh, whatever the cowboy pictures on. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a cowboy freak. I love, I love cowboy movies. I love the old stuff. So I'd be a little kid born, you know, I, didn't, I wasn't raised one, didn't have one. So, man, I would just, I, every weekend, I'd beg and daddy, let me go spend out with this. Let me go. You don't ever want to stay home. No, I want to go over and watch TV. <laughs> But at 11 o'clock, the sound went off. And I wasn't happy. Because I felt like Sister Janet, well, they get to watch it 20, you know, all week. I don't. I only get Friday night. Y'all act like y'all ain't never been that way. Y'all are lying if you do. So it goes off. At 11 o'clock, then all them little lines would come up it. At 6 o'clock the next morning, news would come on. So you, don't, you didn't get what happened at night. Now you're laying in the bed and your phone's there and it goes off. Russia just invaded Ukraine. Another one goes off. This has happened. Why? It's always bombarding the sound of the world. It's time to get rid of that and get the sound of God. You'd be surprised the message people are scared to death right now. I mean, they're just total shock and fear, worried about them going to push a button or something. If you're in Christ, what do you care? You ain't going to be here when it hits anyway. My church says, that don't bother you? Hey, I feel for what's taking place over there. That's human beings. That's souls. I feel for those people. I feel for the believers that are associated with the believing the message there. A lot of them have gotten out. Some of them haven't gotten out yet. But yeah, I feel for them. But yet, if we're not careful, that sound of all the nonsense and things around the world, and gas is so high, and gas is here, and the inflation is, and inflation is, and you can't change it. I don't like it neither. But God allows these things to happen. And we'll catch ourselves, Brother Harry, feeling up on all of this stuff. And God's sitting there saying, just make a sound for me. Just say something to me. Just worship me today. So he's given me everything, but it's in another dimension. Now watch this. The opposite of faith, we always associate faith with doubt. Y'all listen to my version of it. The opposite of faith ain't doubt. The opposite of faith is sight. Just let it sink in. You say, well, if you don't believe, then you doubt. I understand that terminology. Just listen to my version for five minutes. 
If you don't agree, say, you're a nut job, Tim. I love you, but you're crazy. It's okay. So the opposite of faith ain't doubt. The opposite of faith is sight. Now, I'm trying to make it more real. Listen very carefully. When God says there's something that he give you, but you can't see it. God, you said this was mine, but I don't see it. I'm not doubting you, so don't doubt that. It's there because the creator said it was. Brother Branham didn't say it was there. The creator said it was. That's where we're getting things confused. The creator said he promised you this. The creator said this, and the creator said this. We're going off of his word. So that don't mean, Brother Joel, that it's not there. It means that your eyes don't have the ability to perceive the image. God, you said it was there, but I don't see it. But I believe it's there, but my, my, the image I can't see with this. But it's there. Why? By faith I see it. The Bible says why we look at the things, look not at the things that are seen, but we look at the things that are unseen. So tell me, how do you do that? Because the things that are seen are temporal and the things that are not seen are eternal. That don't even make sense to the human being. Things that you're telling me that this, I see things that it's, it's just temporal. Everything that you see is temporal. The only things that is eternal is the things that you don't see. So faith deals with sight. You don't see it with this, but you see it with what the prophet called the sixth sense that God gave you. That is greater than the five cents. Now listen. So God help me focus on the things that I don't see. No wonder it sounds crazy to the world. Who would have ever thought that Jericho would have failed with just some trumpets blowing? That was crazy to the world. You mean you don't want me to get my sword and my spears and all this and my Gatling guns and all this? No, I just want you to march around it and blow that trumpet. You mean you don't want me to pull out my tanks and do all this? He said, no, I just want you to go out there and march around it six times, seven times, blow seven times, and I want you to blow. The, I want you to really get down with it the seventh time. In the seventh age, I'm really going to send you the right kind of prophet. into this dimension. Faith is not me created. God's done that. So I'm moving what I need from this dimension into another dimension. So my kingdom will come and my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
So I pray, Mark 11, 22, 23, 24, and 25. So when I pray that I believe what I pray for, and the mountain is moved, or either God gives you strength to climb the mountain. Jesus said, Peter, I'm not going to pray that he'll take you out of the world, but I pray that he'll keep you through the world. It's all praise and worship. Ain't it a funny thing? We're not going to be doing no preaching over there. I wonder how many message folks think they're going to get over and sit in convention meetings with Brother Brown preaching. We're going to praise and worship him for eternal ages. We're not going to preach. We're going to get that choir was up here and we're going to let them sing. So I pray and I believe when I pray. You say, but, 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 but Brother Tim, I prayed and prayed for this and that and I've never got it. Well, sometimes you pray, I'm sure we pray as humans, sometimes we pray and really don't believe it. You're human. You ain't a robot now. Sometimes you believe, sometimes you don't. You are human. But yes, sometimes it may mean that things we prayed for has been hung up in another dimension. Remember, you've got to get it from that dimension down to here. Why? Everything I've given you, all the spiritual blessings you need, I've supplied all your needs, but they're in another dimension. The world can't take that part. That's only for you. So I've got to figure a way to get it from that dimension down to this dimension. It's hung up. The Bible says Daniel prayed for 21 days and nothing happened. 21 days. But when he did happen, he found out it got hurt in the first day. But what was happening? It was hung up in another dimension. It was hung up in the firmament. So Daniel prayed, God said, and that old enemy came out. So the Bible says there was a battle. The problem is we give up too much. I'm talking, I'm, I'm preaching to myself too. We give up too much. Well, God, you must not have wanted me to have this, or you must not have meant for this to be, uh, for this to happen, or you must not have meant for, for me to do this. You must not have meant for me to be well here. God don't want none of you sick. None of you. God don't want none of that. So we give up too much. What if Daniel had to give up on a day and a half? But he was so consistent for 21 days. He was praying, was fervently praying. But he never gave up. Most people believe that it was actually Gabriel, the angel that came to Daniel. If you read the history and read the scriptures, you'll find out that Gabriel was a musical angel. He loves sound. <laughs> Gabriel was a musical angel. 
He loved sound. He was actually a worshiping angel. He was very skilled at making sounds. So Daniel prayed and God answered him the moment he prayed. Listen, I'm getting close. We know that God actually uses the number three. What's the first level of praise in Scripture? There's a a praise in Scripture that actually silences the enemy. It's the first level of praise. It actually will silence the enemy. We ought to go around praising all the time. I mean, I catch myself, Brother Donnie, going down the road with both hands up. And I don't want no, my hands ain't even on the steering wheel. And I'll catch myself and grab it. I mean, I catch myself literally all the time just walking across the roof and, and, and I'm not paying no attention with all the people that surround me. And I'm just sitting there talking to God and I notice they're looking at me funny. I've had some of them ask me, says, who are you talking to? <laughs> I catch myself doing that. You say, well, Tim, you crazy. It's okay. It's okay. You crazy too, ain't you, sis? It's okay. Who are you talking to? And I'll catch myself and I'll say, ha. Oh. Because they don't understand. That's why I told my church, you constantly need, and Brother Bam tells us over and over, you constantly need to plead the blood of Jesus Christ. You want to be healed? Over and over and over and over again. By the way, y'all got that song in there over and over again? If you do, find it for me. I want to sing it. I find, Brother Bam tells us over again, the Bible speaks of it, that you constantly buy. And Brother Bam tells us, you say it. You say it. Don't you nod it. Brother Donnie preaching his brains out up here sweating like I don't know what and you back there nodding. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. You ought to just scream it. Amen, brother. That's the truth. He's labored hours and hours to preach to you and then you nod. You're not nodding to him, you're nodding to the Creator. Every day, Brother Bam tells us constantly, and I've caught myself in the last two months, constantly, Brother West, Lord, you said, not Brother Branham, not Martin Luther. Not John Wesley, but Lord, you said, by your stripes I'm healed. I'm catching myself hundreds of times a day praying that prayer. Body, spirit, and soul. I just don't want him to heal this. I want every aspect of my life. Brother Brown tells us to do that. So the first level of praise, I got to close. 
Bye, Brother Darrell. He knows what I'm talking about. The first level of praise in Scripture is that there's a praise of silence, the enemy. The Bible, listen, and the Bible don't say this in Logos format, if I could say it like that, what praise looks like. We, we don't know exactly if you just, I'm talking about in Logos format, we don't know what praise looks like. But I would actually believe that it would be a level of fervency, intensity prayer. Because if you just think there's all kinds of prayer, if you watch Jesus pray, he prayed so fervently, intensely, that the Bible says his sweat became his blood. You think of that prayer. He just wasn't sweating. But he was sweating his blood. Came his blood. What a prayer. The creator was praying a prayer that was so powerful. Why he didn't want to go through what he's fixing to go through. But yet that other dimension kicked in. And he said, but not my will, but thine. Why? I want that kingdom on this earth manifested. So it's a level of prayer. Notice the Bible says, effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And as Jesus prayed and it become, think of the intensity that Jesus prayed with. Think of how intensified it must have been in the garden with him up on his knee, maybe one knee, maybe two knees, and he's praying so intensified that his sweat begins to drop his blood. Oh, children, the kingdom doesn't come to the casual. The kingdom don't come to the casual. The Bible says the kingdom comes to the seeker. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, then all these other things shall be added. It doesn't come to the casual. Oh, I just, I think I'll get up and just, I ain't been to church in so long. I think I'll just ride to church. Oh, no. You know, you're just a casual Christian. No, 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 no. That's not what my Bible tells me. Seek ye first the kingdom. I don't mean this mean toward denominational Christians because I got probably most of my friends are nominal Christians. I have hundreds and thousands of nominal Christians that are so good to me. But a nominal, casual Christian will never have the keys to the kingdom. It's so much deeper than that. They can't understand it. Will they be saved? Sure. But the kingdom comes to people who seek it. And you don't seek it by nodding that head. Mm -mm. New, there's a level of praise that goes with it. They'll be saved, but notice... There's a level of praise that is so powerful. You and I cannot listen to the enemy church. There's a level of praise that actually shuts the enemy's mouth. You don't have to beat them in the head. You don't have to beat them over like Pentecost used to do. I was raised in Pentecost. Some of y'all may have been, I don't know. But I've watched them on the pulpit, beat them in the back, trying to, you know, trying to, they didn't have, they was knocking the breath out of them. You young people today, y'all have no idea what Pentecost is. 
I was raised in it. And for the record, I love it. <laughs> but notice, here's, let me get through these two levels. I'm going to close let you go home. Then there's a level of praise that the psalmist to wrote, he wrote this, that steals the enemy. So now I've entered into a praise or a level that renders the enemy inactive. Right. <laughs> All this is dead in my praise. Message people ain't praising him so long they don't even know how to praise him anymore. And I'm not saying it's you. I know y'all well taught in praise. But don't get caught up in all the other nonsense of listening to the sound of this and the sound of Obama or Biden and the sound of this or the sound of Trump and the sound of this. They ain't none of them can fix it. You can put 10 Trumps in there. He can't fix it. There's not but one fix and it's called Jesus Christ. So when you speak and on that level, that second level of praise and worship, when you speak, all his activity is stilled against him. And there's a third level of praise called shout. Oh, that's the one message people don't like. You think I'm going to get up there and act a fool? The Bible says you'll be a fool for somebody. Whose are you? It's a level of praise called shout. It is actually the pinnacle of praise because the Hebrew word for shout means. Y'all ready? I'm glad four or five of y'all. I ask again, are y'all ready? The Hebrew word for shout. This is the third level of praise, which is the pinnacle. It's to take the enemy and tear him apart piece by piece. That's the actual meaning of the word shout. You take him and you rip him apart and you stomp on him. And if he don't like it, you rip him again and you stomp on him some more. Then when you've done three levels of praise, you have received everything that God has for you. To take the enemy and tear apart piece by piece by piece. That enemy ought to come up this road here and pull in this church here and say, I ain't going in there. I remember what happened to me last week when I went in there. I ain't going back. Them people like that, they gummed me to death. Why? Because you're using the level of the scriptural praise for each level to cause the enemy to be quiet, to cause him to be stilled, that he can't, he's rendered inactive. He can't even work against you. And then when he don't like that and he still comes, you just grab him and put him in your teeth and just rip him to shreds. Excuse this expression. Forgive me if you think it's wrong, but be like a rabid beaver on a peg leg. You chew him up one side and down the other. That's an expression we use in Iva. Y'all ain't never been to Iva. 
That's when we get, that's when we, when people come down there and we, and then they try to steal from my flowers, we just rip them apart. We put them in our teeth. <laughs> Y'all ever seen a rabid beaver? He don't chew one tree, he goes through a whole forest. That's the way we need to do the devil. When we get in the level of praises that God desires us to get into. To take him and just tear him apart and just rip him to shreds and rip him here. We've got to learn to do that, children. The church has become so polished, Brother Brown said. Oh, she's so pretty. The church is so pretty now. Yeah, the problem is she's so inactive. I don't get it. I don't get it. When I go to church, I want to feel like I've been to church. Not a funeral home. God's made us different, children. There's a level of praise that goes with it. I'm not talking about noise and racket. I'm talking about a praise that comes from the heart of that believer. They begin to lift their hands. Something begins to happen. God begins to come down and you begin to sup with him. He begins to sup with you. Something begins to happen. The enemy stands there and can't do nothing. There's a level, the sound every day. You know, I used to be going, I'll go to work, go to this job, go to this, do this, and I'll just be thinking in my head. You know, I drive a lot of <clears throat> by myself, and I'll just be thinking. I find myself shaking my head. I caught myself one day, damn, you an idiot. <laughs> I don't call nobody else there, but I have freedom to call myself there. And I'm just, you know, I go down the road thinking. And I thought you thinking for you need to say what you want to say you know I'll be thinking Lord you're so good tell him I'm thinking how his stripes makes me well and I'm thinking he don't want you to think it he wants you to tell him it goes with a level of praise you remember y'all remember blind Bartimaeus don't you The Bible actually speaks there in Mark 10, if you look at it. They actually had to quieten him or tried to quieten him down. Of course, if I've been blind all my life and God come down and touch me, I, I wouldn't be quiet neither. You know how many people in this church, my church and all these churches that God just heals like that right there and they never even just worship him for it. Never say nothing. Oh God, you're so good. He wants you to praise in a level that comes from your soul. It's so deep in your soul, it's rooted in you that he wants you to let it out. To pull all of those things from that dimension down to what you need. The Bible says they came, they came to Jericho and he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people. Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timah, sat by the, by the side begging. And when, they heard, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Now I wonder if he just started nodding. The Bible says he cried out and many charged him that he should hold his peace. 
And he cried that more of a great deal. So they tried to shut him up and he got louder. They tried to shut him up and he got louder. This is a man that's been blind. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good comfort, rise, and he calleth thee. And he casted away his garment, rose, and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said to him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? This is the Creator standing there. He knows what he wants him done. Oh, I see, I see, I see. Don't you understand? Jesus knows what the man wanted. Now, wonder blind Bartimaeus wouldn't have said nothing and just nodded at him. Jesus asked him the question, what do you want? Lord, that I might receive sight. And Jesus said to him, go thy way, thy faith has made thee whole. And immediately he received sight and followed Jesus in the way. Why? Because the sound he made is, I want you to heal me. That's what, let's rise, stand your feet. That's what every one of you got to do. If you need something today, ask him, God, I need this. And I need you to do this. You said in your word that you would do this. Amen. It's just how bad do you want it? Praise provides a channel to a, another atmosphere. Notice this. Psalms 22, 3, I've quoted it. God inhabits the praise of his people. And actually, if you run that, trace that back, it says this. God dwells in the atmosphere of his praise. God dwells in the atmosphere of his praise. God's not going to dwell. And I know he keeps us and leads us and guides us. I'm not saying he don't. He does. But I'm saying God dwells. He lives. He inhabits the very atmosphere of the praise. That's where he dwells at. So when I get out of that spot, that's not God getting out of it. I got out of it, not God. Don't let the world silence you, friends. Don't let the church religious system silence you. Don't let the enemy silence you. You be the loudest Happy Valley church ever. Be the loudest church on the block. I know there's a couple more around. I ride some of these roads. You outshout them. and you out, I'm talking about with a level of praise that's a fervency from your heart. Not a bunch of noise. I'm not talking. I'm not Pentecostal on the way that just making a bunch of racket. I'm talking about the true Pentecost of the word. Little Ram says in one place, he says, there came a power with that sound. He said, there came a power. Go pull it up. He said, there came a power with that sound on the day of Pentecost. A power. If God can activate what's inside of you, think about it. If he can activate it, it's like you got a telephone. I had to get a new phone because I, I plowed mine under the field the other day and I got looking for my phone and I said, where's it at? <laughs> My wife come in and said, what you doing? And I'm all over the field like this. I done plow, I don't know how many acres. I'm like this. 
I said, call my phone. Call my phone. She calls and can't hear nothing. She walks right down through her and she said, oh, I found it. I had a plow sticking through it and I cut it in half. So I had to go get a new one. And you got to activate everything that's in there or that phone ain't worth a nickel. That's like we are. We need everything in us activated so we can agitate the devil. That's right. Everything in your phone has to be activated. I can't get my email to work. I've been waiting for emails all week on a big job down there. And I keep telling these people, I need this. I need it. They said, well, send me an email. So I said, email. And it ain't coming through. So I pull my email up. And guess what? It ain't activated. So it ain't working. So I text them. Don't send it email. Send it on a text. It's got to be activated. God's people's got to be activated. We're humans. We get down. We get oppressed. We get depressed. We get oppressed. We're humans. And God knew all that. And God, God as he knew all of that, he made them provisions. I'm going to give them levels of praise, whatever they want. If somebody just wants to stick their hand up this high, that's good. It's okay. But don't get mad at this one because this one got it up here and they get more than you got. I love the old song. I sing it all the time. I'm drinking from a saucer come a cup running over. That's the way it is, you know. You come to church, Brother Brown said you get what you want. That's right. What you put in is what you get out and take home. So we should be drinking from the saucer because our cups didn't run over so much because it didn't give us so many spiritual blessings. I pray you've got something out of it. Something. Stood on the banks of a wide raging river, trusting that I'd get across. I've made my way through some valleys and deserts, believing that I'd never get lost. I've been at the foot of what felt like Mount Everest, knowing I'd have the strength for the climb. Trial, each test and temptation. One thing is sure every time. Over and over, again and again, God is faithful. Over and over, again and again, through it all, He makes me able to stand and survive. To come. say that every battle has taught me there's nothing he won't help me through listen so why should i dwell on the hardships and struggles when i 
look just beyond them I can see that the way this will end is with great celebration deep in my heart I believe that over and over again and again God is faithful and over and over again and again through it all He makes you able to stand and survive to come God does what he said he would do. Well, I'd simply say that every battle has taught me there's nothing that he won't help you through. So why should we dwell on our hardships and struggles? If I look just beyond them, I can see that the way this will end is in great celebration. those riches and those spiritual things that I need as well as those natural things that God knows I need I'm bringing them out of that dimension and I'm going to place them here where I can use them and the church can say and the church can say give him a hand clap of praise Glory, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, he's worthy, he's worthy, he's worthy. Whatever you need, God is more than able. His word has said it.
not mine. His promises that said it, not mine. The creator himself made the promise. He can't break it. It's the covenant that he's made with thee. There's covenants all the way through. And he's made a covenant for this end time body. And he'll keep it. I may fail you many times. You may fail me many times. You may fail each other many times. Oh, but he'll never fail you. Oh, <laughs> hallelujah. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'll be with you all the way. Oh, my, I could run all over this place. I sing. I love the song. Brother Donnie always has me sing it anyway. I like it. Because I'm so glad he found me. Man, I'd be in a mess today. <laughs> I'd be in a world, oh my, I'd be in a world of trouble if he hadn't found me. We'd all be in a pretty rough shape. Well, I was on the mountain. I was wondering from the fountain when I heard my Savior speak. There's that sound again. He said, won't you come to me relenting of your sins repenting. Well, I will lead you out so you can see.
praising you for it. I'm worshiping you for it. See, sometimes you would praise him and worship him and he'll come down and just pour out a bucket upon you. Sometimes he'll come pour out a bucket on you and then you'll just praise him after that. So he deals in both stages. Our job is, it doesn't matter how he deals in it. Just let us acquire that level of one, two, and three to render him active, the enemy. And then, if he still hadn't had enough, you just sink him teeth in him and you just rip him to shreds. Go pull it up and run it back. That's what it means. To tear him apart. So he hates when you shout so much. He can't stand it when you shout. Why? Because you're pulling something you have need of and you have needs to go through this journey. So you're pulling it, you're worshiping on that level and you're pulling what you need and God is supplying it. And you're going through this journey from point A to point B. Whatever you have need, ah, well supplied. Just, just pull it down. But notice now, you're pulling from here to here. You got to get through old, old Lucifer. He's in there waiting for you to pull it through. I'll stop him today. I know old brother Joel needs this and I'm going to hinder it. He ain't going to get it. And Joel keeps on praying another day. And Joel don't get it today and tomorrow. Joel gets up the next, the third day and he says, Thank God. Praise the Lord. So he's breaking the tie then, see. He keeps pulling. Hey, if you don't, you ain't going to get nothing. You ain't going to get nothing. Why do you think so many people don't ever receive nothing? They want to come to church and sit in the pew, let Brother Donnie preach them happy and go home just like a little butterfly. No, you've got to pull what you need. As he preaches the word, you pull and you're pulling and you're pulling and you're pulling. And God comes to this side and hits this one and that one and this one and that one. Why? Because you're a level of praise. Amen, Brother Donnie. Preach it. You're not going to get nothing if you don't. Oh, he might come give you a drop every now and then because you come to church. But if you really need something, you get in that level and say, I want it, I need it. I'm staying with it till I get it. I'm through now. I hope you've received something. I hope you got something. Old, old brother Mike Price preached for me years ago before he moved out to nowhere. And he preached, he says, if you come to church and you gain one quarter of an inch ground, you've whooped the devil. You don't have to beat him in 20 foot sections. You gain, you gain ground by a quarter of an inch. Moses, or the children of Israel took the land and the Bible says they hardly even noticed they were taking the land. It was so little and minutely. That's the way we're going to be. He just wants to say, I've said it for years now. The end result says who can endure. There's the end result. 
Who's going to be standing at the end time to endure what's taking place on the earth? We got fly by nights everywhere. The end result is you'll be standing there when everything has failed. But you can't fail because his word can't fail because you his word. You're his word. He died for you to be that word and it wasn't in vain. God bless you. Love you. Appreciate you. Love you more than you'll ever know. God bless you. Wonderful. I wonder if he'd been looking at my notes while I've been preaching on Wednesday night. I'm tired, buddy. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. He didn't mean my notes. We work for the same guy. I like what he said about being activated. I whispered and told Harry, activate to agitate. We want to be activated to cause agitation, don't we? Oh, praise the Lord. How wonderful. How wonderful. I was listening yesterday, and Brother Branham was giving some different examples of people that were so miraculously healed and things that God did for them. And much of it was such in a simple way that they were able to reach and touch God. I wonder how many of you have a need today. Before we go, we're going to offer prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you for what we've heard today. We believe there's such power and praise, power and prayer, power that lays in your body. Dear God, we desire to access it. And as our brother expressed it in such a wonderful way, pulling from that dimension what you've already purchased. No doubt there's people sitting here, sitting, some streaming, they have great needs in their lives. Lord, they're standing. They're fighting the battle. And they're believing for what you've said to come to pass. Lord God, would you pass by this way today? Lord Jesus, may our faith rise to that level, oh God, to be able to believe. Lord, we know that it takes your presence to help us. As this is your prophet was talking about that brother Hall that had cancer in the liver. His wife come to him and said, Brother Branham, is there no vision? Is there nothing you can do? He said, Sister, I, I, I just, I can't. It takes the Lord. And then he sees that vision. He sees one apple and another and another and another. Green, dried up, shriveled. Then he saw another big apple come down and heat him up. And the word of the Lord come to him and said, go tell Brother Hall. The doctors had give him up, told him to make plans. Cancer in his liver, he'd never live. Even one of Brother Bram's doctor friends said, Bill, there's no way for him to live. Well, that was the best they knew. But you activated your word. Lord Jesus, we thank you today to know that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. May your presence minister, Lord Jesus, if there's anyone you're sick discouraged, disheartened, need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, may the Spirit of God, I pray, minister to the needs of your people today. We thank you for this word we've heard. We want to apply it to our lives, Father. 
Thank you for our brother. Encourage him, Lord. Give him his strength. Replenish him, we pray, Father. We love you, Lord. How we long for that day when we'll all be gathered at your feet. Until that hour, keep us faithful. Keep us true. And help us to do our part in the economy of God. In the name of the Lord Jesus, praise the Lord. You love him, saints, with all your heart. Don't you appreciate What's wrong? I mean, I, I'm, I'm saying what I'm thinking. See what words are without sound? Praise the Lord. So let's just quit doing as much of this and say, Lord. like you to remember Erica this week if you would she'll start her second round of treatment tomorrow third round yeah third round sorry um, so just keep that before the Lord if you would and on day uh, 10 she'll start uh, accompanying one that goes with it has different side effects and things like that but we're believing that our God will help us Amen. we need your prayers I have confidence in your prayers. I believe your prayers move God. We need one another, don't we? And it's been so good to be in church today. Hallelujah. Harry, sing something and we'll go. God bless you. We love you so much. So appreciate each of you. It's a wonderful time to be a believer. Our brother said there's trouble everywhere. Trouble all around us and we know that. Continue to remember the saints in Ukraine. Uh, Russia, there's many, many of innocent people that are suffering because of all that's going on. But we know that our God is mindful, is he not? Yes. God bless you. Let's sing together as we go. Go in the fear of God. I will praise.